I got to see so many amazing things happen, you know, just, just kind of taking a step backwards and looking in at, at what what it was that God was doing. And I saw families that were that were just being united and they were weeping together. And, and I shared this, you know, last week. And But we keep getting emails. <laughs> we're, we're constantly getting emails through the website from people that were watching live and people that were in the meeting and I believe the number that we're at right now is like almost almost 30 salvations that night on, on Saturday night. We had people, we had a, a lady write me and say, listen, my 14-year-old son was there and he gave his life to the Lord that night. You know, so we're seeing, and I, and I don't believe we're ever going to really truly know everything that God did throughout those three days but there were seeds that were planted. There were seeds that were sown, not just to the region, but there were seeds that were sown into people. There is a harvest that is ready. Yeah. And I'm telling you what, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. We're just saying, here we are, God. We just say yes. We don't know what it's supposed to look like. And so we're just here. So this morning, my message that I, I wanted to share was, I was calling it revived, but, but it kind of got switched up on me this morning. So I don't even know if that's what it really is, but I'm, I'm just going to go for the sake of we need something on a graphic image, so we're going to call it revived. Um, but something that happened to me at the tent, and I believe it was just it was a time of just even the preparation of the tent, and I want to say thank you to everybody. Listen, there was many, many many of our intercessors, many people that laid themselves down in prayer to see God move. Like most of, uh, most of us in here, most of those that are watching, you have no idea the time and the hours of prayer, of just laying ourselves down here on our face, face to the ground, just to see a move of God. So, I want to say thank you for all of the intercessors that took time to do that because, you, we listen, it's so vital. It's so important. You know, and I remember a, last year I, I gave a word that we called the word, Revive the Bride. Revive the Bride. And it was, it was all about, you know, what, what it looked like to be revived. And, and so I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, are we revived yet? I mean, we, we had a revival, and I, you know, and I still don't like that word revival, but I'm, 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 the Lord's dealing with me on that. But are we revived yet? I mean, does it, are, are, we, are, we, are we where we're supposed to be? Oh, we're so far from it. We're so far from it, man. We really are. But something that happened to me was every night till, from that tent, every night, my dreams and visions have just been blowing up, man. I'm waking up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 4.32, and I'm like, God, I just want to sleep. <laughs> but I was woken up, and this is what I heard. He said, religious strongholds will try to bring you back to the place of conformity. Because we come and we go to a tent. I mean, listen, I, I remember growing up and, and I went to youth camp. and we, I mean, listen, I, I did all that. I mean, I was Mr. Re religion. I was forced to do it. I was forced. I'm not going to lie. I did the Royal Rangers. I did all that stuff, man. And I remember going to youth camp and I remember doing, and everybody would come. Listen, even the women, even the men, men's retreat, women's retreat, right? They come back fired up. Oh, and the women are up here dancing, and they're flipping, and, and the week goes by, and then, then they're not flipping no more. And another week goes by, and then they're just sitting there. Do we lose the fire? Do we lose the flame? Religious strongholds will get us to come back to a place of conformity where it gets us to, it draws us back. Because when we break out of religion, you better believe that it's, out. He says, oh, no, get back here. It really does. It was at 923 this month, uh, September the, yeah, September, right? Yeah, we're in September. 
Jesus. It was at 4.30 in the morning. I was woken from a dream. And in the dream, it was so vivid. But I woke up yelling in pain. And I felt pain in both of my knees. And I'm screaming. I'm like, ah. And I can feel the pain and I'm crying. (laughs) I was crying in both of my pains in my legs. And then as soon as I opened up my eyes, I was taken back into that, inside the tent. I was like, I, it's like I opened my eyes and I was inside the tent and it was empty. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say this. Don't stop. He said, don't stop. He says, your cry has to be for the lost. He says, our cry has to be for the lost. And we can't stop. We can't allow ourselves to get to a place of conformity where we get so familiar. Come on, we had a good meeting. Was it a fantastic meeting? It was a good meeting. Was it a revival? Eh. Can I be real? It was good. People, they got the fire. People were encouraged. Man, but was it an awakening that would shake the nation? No. It wasn't. But does it mean we can't get there? Right? He says we go from glory to glory to glory. God, I say yes. Why not? We can't allow ourselves to go back. Because, because see, some of us, we don't know what happened that day. I got a testimony yesterday, actually almost every day of the week. It doesn't matter where I'm going. There's somebody, and this is what they say. Hey, you're that man from the tent. That's my new name, man from the tent. Right? Like, well, Holy Ghost, okay. That would be me. (laughs) You're the man. Even I think I met this couple right here. Like, you were at the tent. (laughs) No, it wasn't you. It was somebody else. <laughs> but it was like, you're the man from the tent. So I met somebody yesterday, and they said, you know, I live on that street that you guys were on. And she says, you know, and all the neighbors got together, and they were very angry that y'all were there. She said, they said y'all were loud. You were making so much noise. The first night, they were mad. He said, but the second night, they came outside on their patios. He said, and the third night, the guy that lived on the corner, who was the worst of all of them, sat there and listened to the whole thing. She says, Did you know that that neighborhood is riddled with drugs? And what you guys did that day, she says, I'm so thankful. And then she says, and I could hear the people praying and preaching. And all I needed, all I wanted to do, this is what she said, all I wanted to do was get to the tent. But I couldn't because she had a cane. Right? So she's standing there. I said, what did you need healing for? So she began to tell me the whole list of things. I said, well, the Lord just brought the tent to you. Come on. And right there in the middle of the town square, we released heaven on her, and the glory fell on her. She's ah! Come on. That's so good. (laughs) But the Lord says we cannot stop. Our heart's cry must be for the lost. You see, the pain that I had in my knee, it was the intercession. The Lord says, it's the intercession for humanity. It's not about black lives matter, Mexican lives matter. It's about humanity. It's about the babies in the womb. It's about life. And I could feel the love of the Father that he had for the people. Then on 
the 24th, I was taken into another dream. And in this dream, there was a large field, and there was a, there was a man, and it looked like he was a farmer. And what he said was this. He was having a conversation. And, and, and in my dream, it was like he was talking to the Lord, but I couldn't tell. But he says to the Lord, well, I'll just take what I can get. He said, I'll just take whatever you have left over. And then I came out of this. And the Lord told me this. He says, many believers have agreed with, I'll take what I can get. We've become orphans in our speech and our language. So this morning, see, I wasn't going to share a lot of this stuff this morning, and the Lord just kind of shifted some things. So, man, I feel the, oh, Jesus. And. He said that we have become orphans in our speech. So what does the orphan look like? Right? Like what does the orphan look like? So when I'm talking about spiritual orphans, it's a demonic spirit that invades a person's mind, causing a sense of abandonment. It causes loneliness, alienation, isolation, And it often attaches itself to someone who has experienced extreme rejection in his or her life. A person operating out of an orphan spirit compensates these feelings of insecurities by being performance-driven, competitive, and works of independence. They struggle. So I was thinking about the, the, the tent and about the seeds that were planted. Did you know that our words are our seeds? Words are our seeds. That's right. Your words are your seeds, and what we speak has power. We can sow love, or we can sow discord. We can speak forth seeds even over ourselves. Such as, I could never afford that. So can I be transparent? I'm going to just be transparent with you guys. I've been guilty of this. You know that that I've, uh, I have never owned a brand new vehicle. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Like I've, I've never have in my whole life, I have never had a vehicle that didn't have over 180,000 miles. Never. <laughs> and everybody always tells me, you know, like. Now, now this this is not a pity party for me at all. We're blessed. I've had five vehicles given to us. You know what I'm saying? But they've just never been brand new. But they're new to me. But they've never been brand new, you know? <laughs> so I found myself saying things like that. Man, I'll never have a new vehicle, man. You know, and I'll go and I'll look at trucks, and I'm like, man, look at that one. Man, that's what I need. I got a camper. I want to pull that thing. And they're like, 51,000. 51,000. Woo. Say, man, I could buy half of a church building for that. I'm going to buy no truck. But I found myself saying things like that. Like, I'm, I could never afford 50,000. I could never. But our words have power. They really do. So I immediately like rebuke my own words, like, oh no, you can't afford it. I well, well, yeah, Lord, I could, but but not right now. No, you can. I have everything that you need. Trust. 
I'm like, okay, Lord, well, maybe if you give me, like, I need the down payment, you know. And we try to rationalize everything in our mind, right? I mean, like, you know, we do those things. But we say things like that. I could never have a house of my own. That was one of mine for a long time. Lord, I don't even own a house. You know, I struggled with that for years. Man, I struggled with that. Everywhere I went, every all my friends, they're getting brand new houses. They had homes. And here I am with two boys and my wife, and I'm still renting. Like, God, what? Have I not been faithful, God? Man, I'm, I'm letting you into my heart, guys. And so I've struggled in those areas. But the Lord told me, he says, I can't give you a house. He says, you're called to the nations. You're called to the nations. You're not going to be there long enough. And it's true. I mean, I was traveling nine months, ten months out of the year all over the place, all over. It wasn't just till recently. The last three years, the Lord planted us in Ohio. Maybe my house is coming in Ohio. Maybe it's coming in Ohio. Lord, send it. But on his perfect will. But I want to encourage you. We say things like, I can't afford that. What about, I'll never get married. I've been looking for my husband. I've been looking for my wife. Man, I'm, just, I'm going to I'm also just give up, right? Anyways, I don't know why I'm going through all that, but somebody's fearing. Maybe it's for somebody online, right? So we sow seeds in our words, and we speak those things over our lives. So what are spiritual seeds? They're words over your life. They're prophetic promises. They're mantles. They're inheritances. They're seeds of destiny, seeds of purpose. Brother Richard and Tracy talked about that this morning. How the Lord reminded them about the promises and the seeds. And every word that the Lord has spoken over your life, these are seeds that God is bringing to fruition for such a time as this. For now. Amen. Hmm. So there's spiritual seeds that the Lord is doing. But there's also seeds of maturity for the harvest. Because we're talking about the harvest. Uh, What do we need to see the seeds of maturity for the harvest? We need to pray in the spirit. Knowing the seasons and discerning the timing of God. Living in thanksgiving. Your willingness to give away your seeds. Come on. I love that about our house. You know, this, this house... People have their farmers in here. They, y'all guys give what y'all have. My God. Amazing. I got a cow. I got a pig. <laughs> Who needs some pork chops? We got chicken. Listen, we got farmers. We got pigs. We got cows. We got chickens. They just had something grow out of the watermelons. They got, well, listen, we could start a whole supermarket. The hub market. Hey, why not? The hub market. The meat department over here. We have the meat departments. Fresh produce. Come on, right? But we're willing to share our seeds. Amen? Come on. So how do we live revived? Holy Ghost. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 1 7. How do we live revived? 2 Timothy 1 7 through 12 says this. Therefore, I remind you, oh, Holy Ghost, come on, I feel the glory of that. Hey, come on. 
Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is inside you through the laying on of hands. Shaka bam. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Not ashamed of the gospel. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. Before time began. Come on. So we hear, therefore, remind you to stir up the gift of God. How do we live revived? Man, by the laying on our hands. You see, that's what Jim was talking about. He went to the meeting. Something was ignited in him. There was a stirring that happened inside Jim that everywhere he went, he's like, let me lay on hands. Let me pray for you. Come on. On earth as it is in heaven. Hey. It's just that we, it stirred the gift in us. In Acts 1.8. It says, put in his own authority, but ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and the knowledge of Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Come on, man. That encourages you. Listen. As you stir the gifts, you lay on of hands to know that all of heaven's authority is in you and comes and flows out of you and through you. In order for us to stay lit on fire, we must know what has been given to us. I know we have, we know in this house we talk about the inheritance. Yes, the inheritance. But I'm talking about right now his power his love, and sound mind. Knowing, God, knowing God's love for you and I and for humanity gives us the peace and knowing the sound mind. Knowing who God is gives you the peace that allows you to walk in the rest of the Lord. That's how we get our sound mind. We can't walk around. Nah, well, Holy Ghost. Knowing God's love for humanity gives you the peace. It's the peace that knows that all of heaven is for you. And knowing this gives us the confidence and the boldness. Come on. There's something about the boldness of the Lord. You can't be on fire and not have no boldness. You, you just can't. When you're on fire, you're like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? Who needs a miracle? That's, that's the boldness. But that comes in the confidence and knowing who God is. And it's because I know who my father is that I can stand boldly before any man, any woman, and declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the boldness. The power of Jesus Christ in you is the boldness that will rest upon you. Holy Spirit, thank you. So I'm going to give us a couple keys really quick because you know I like to do keys. But here's a couple keys to stay lit on fire. Because you know when you're on fire, something always comes to dwindle that fire. I'm telling you, man. Oh, Jesus. It could be a person. 
The enemy will use anybody. It could be a circumstance. So, <laughs> I'm not much of a camper. <laughs> and if, if I, I praise God for lighters and because if I didn't have a lighter, there'd be no fire. I'm not that guy. I'm twiddling sticks. Nope, nope. Right? But if you ever gone camping and you tried to make a fire and, and, and it's been raining, it's the worst ever. Especially when it's cold outside. It doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Have you ever tried to start a fire with wet logs? <laughs> wet logs won't burn. They just won't burn. So, and the spirit, it's okay for us to surround ourselves with people who aren't on fire. Because there's going to be people that you come around that are going to be wet logs. Some of the wet logs are in church. And just because a person's in church doesn't mean they're on fire for God. Nobody in here, because we're all on fire for God. <laughs> right? Come on, Jesus, Lord. But see, we can't forsake the fellowship. Because if all you're doing is hanging around wet, cold logs, you start to get wet. And it, it, it makes it harder for you to get set ablaze. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 2.22. The 2.22. 2 Timothy 2.22. And basically what this scripture does, it says it encourages us to pursue righteousness, faith, and love. Let me know when y'all are there. All right, here we go. So it says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who, who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Let's stop right there. So you want to stay lit ablaze. You want to stay on fire for the Lord. This is one of them. Flee from the youthful lust. Stay away from things that are going to pull you away from God. Pursue righteousness. Your faith your love, his peace. And then it says, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they will generate strife. A lot of times the enemy will try to get us caught up in things, things that don't matter. Did you hear what brother so-and-so said? Did you hear what sister so-and-so just told me? And all of a sudden, we're no longer pursuing righteousness. The second heaven stepped in, and now our emotion comes involved. And no longer are we walking in faith, love, and peace, but we're walking in, oh, come on, <laughs> offense. But avoid foolish, ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And that's why it's important that we know who God is. Because if we know who God is, how we'll respond will be different. When people come with disputes, we're going to be like, praise God, but that's not who you are. And I know that's not the Father's heart. So what you just said to me, I'm going to give you grace. That's the difference. And then it says, that's the group that's active about their passion inside them who don't passively walk, but actively call upon 
the Lord. Actively. We must always pursue righteousness. This is why knowing the identity is so important. And I just, like, it's like, you are a righteous heir, and guess what? You are approved. You know, a lot of us don't believe that we're approved. And we're so constantly trying to beg. We have a beggar's mentality. And the truth is, you are approved. Jesus finished it, and it is done. Nothing you will do. Oh, okay, come on. Listen, y'all know, what I, y'all know my heart. But for those who don't know me on the Internet, nothing you can do or say will get you into heaven. It's what the Father did. It's what Jesus did that day on the cross. That's it. It is finished. It's his righteousness. It says that if we pursue righteousness, we'll stay on fire for God. Righteousness means to be made right. It means to be in right standing. It means to be found and to be approved. So if you pursue right standing with God, if you pursue being made right, you're going to stay a little on fire for God. Come on. Let's turn to Romans 4.20. We're going to start in 4.20. Through 25. <clears throat> he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in his faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that he had promised that he was, a- he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. To whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised Jesus from Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Listen. The righteousness of heaven is imputed into you and I. I know a lot of us hear this so often, even from this house, but we still walk around like orphans. We still walk around with our language sounding like orphans. Come on. I'm, oh, gosh. What if we've had it all wrong? We've been so busy being good Christians. Don't take, listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> but we've, we've, we've forgotten how to demonstrate. Or we, we, maybe we've never been taught how to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. Because being a Christian doesn't mean you're operating in the kingdom. I know a lot of Christians. But Jesus says, well, it's on earth as it is in, is in heaven. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek ye first the what? Kingdom. Not your doctrine. Not your religious belief. Not your opinion. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Come on, Listen. We can't ignore the cold logs, but we must guard our hearts from letting their lukewarmness to affect the fire inside of you. You can be on fire, but everybody in your workplace, they're so bitter. Oftentimes we allow our surroundings to dictate our responses and our behaviors. <laughs> Give me an example. You have a bad day at work. 
The kids get you frustrated. And here's one that my wife will probably vouch for. You just want to choke your husband. And I probably deserve it most of the time. Yeah. We'll talk afterwards. But yeah, you want to just choke your husband. You're in trouble, Bart. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. We're like we, so we dict our, we did. It dictates our response. So because you had a bad day at work, you get home, you throw your keys on the shelf, right? Get your wallet out, and go to the refrigerator, get something to drink, and you're just, oh, oh I can't believe what Betty told me today. I don't know anybody named Betty. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I remember, I remember growing up hearing they would say this. You are and you become with what you're around. And I remember my mom used to tell me this. If you're hanging around them people, you're going to become like them people. And I kind of agree with that. It can happen. But I also believe that as Christ ambassadors, we are the ones called to shift the atmosphere. That's why we can go and we can hang out with those that are a little cold, that we can be the fire that will warm up their logs. <laughs> and if we stay long enough, they can get caught on fire, right? They'll get dried out. Come on. I often say this, and y'all have heard me say this. If you want to kill giants, you got to hang out with giant killers, right? I believe that. You can't, you can't hunt giant the same way you would hunt a rabbit. Some of us have been had rabbit hunting for a long time. But the Lord's calling you to come out and slay some giants. Right? Come on. Yep. You learn how to slay giants when you hang out with other giant killers. Not only do you learn how to slay them, you learn how to do it and be effective in doing it. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Romans 12.2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You cannot be conformed by the wet logs around you. You want to stay lit ablaze? You got to chase after the things of God. Simple. So number two, key number two. You got to locate the fire. When Elijah screamed, oh, I am the only one. Remember, let's read, uh, we'll read this in 1 Kings 18.22. 1 Kings 18.22. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Come on, there was a little bit of pride in that statement, right? But then we see in 1 Kings 19, God reminded him that there was roughly about 7,000 others who had not bowed down to any idols. It says in 19.18, it says, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth has not kissed him. We cannot become, okay, we cannot let pride set upon us in assuming that you are the only one who's in fire in your church. 
Just because somebody is not all animated. Listen, I know people that are, Oh, they're fire of God. Oh, Jesus, rend the heavens, Lord. Rend the heavens, Lord. But as soon as they leave the church, they're, oh, 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 oh. And then I know people that will sit in the back and they won't say nothing. And they carry the power and the fire of God inside of them. Just because somebody doesn't look like they're on fire doesn't mean they're not. We have to find the burning ones. We have to find the burning ones. They may not be as loud as you, but they're there. Number three, invest in the fire. Sometimes we can get so religious and zealous that we isolate ourselves from God. There's a danger in that. Because the enemy would love to get us in a place where we're by ourselves. And not only that, but it'll get us to a point in our walk with the Lord that we believe that we are the final say of God. Well, the way that the Lord showed it to me, that's the way it is. And then when somebody comes to bring another perspective of God, Well, you know, it says here, brother, and it says here, sister. We must allow ourselves to be surrounded with seasoned and mature leaders that can pour into you. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead you on where you need to be and what you need to do in your current season. Don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm almost done, but don't don't get me wrong. I love the word of the Lord. I love the presence of God. The word, oh, I love the word. I'm like, I can dig in it, but I love the presence of God. And you know that in the presence of the Lord, the word becomes manifested. It comes alive. It's, I mean, it just it comes alive. It's breathing. And not only that, but there's revelation that comes in that time of the Lord that you're not going to find. Listen, it, it'll, it'll point back to the Word. It'll point back to the Word. But there's, there's revelation that the Lord wants to give you. Come on, I believe. Listen, we know we're in the book of Acts. We're still, it's being written. Right? Can you imagine? I don't know what that looks like, but what if it's Acts 642, chapter 5, according to Bart Bacon. One day I was at the hub. I don't know. I'm just, can you imagine? There's revelation that the Lord is releasing right now that we have to be willing to let the Spirit of the Lord lead you. Amen? Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. I'm going to skip ahead because we're going to go to number four. And I'm going to be closing with this. We have to feed your fire. Feed the fire. You can't depend on your pastor. You can't depend on your favorite television evangelist. You got to dig in. You got to spend time with the Lord. Hmm. Make it a habit to read the word. 
We can't allow ourselves to to allow. Listen, I've been guilty of this, man. There's times that I'll let my whole day go by and I haven't read my word. And I feel like, uh, come on, you want to stay a little blaze? You need to stay, stay consecrated in the word. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this scripture. Let's turn to Ephesians 6, verse 18. And it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this, in with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Come on, I just want to read that part again. So you want to know one of the big things to feed your spirit? Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the spirit, come on. We can pray today and today could be your day. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, when I'm, I'm in the truck and I'm riding and even when I, you know, okay, look, I know it's some, some of y'all might get offended right now, but that's not my heart to offend you. But this this got to break some of the religious minds. Come on. But I'll be cruising the truck, listen to my 1980s, rock and roll, some Bon Jovi. Oh, live it on a prayer. And I'm cruising. Steve Vai goes in his. And I'm there shaking it. And I can go into the presence. Oh, just even that little bit that I just did right there. Fuck. I could feel the glory. And, and you. Go and you can sit in that place. Oh, Holy Spirit. That's how we step in. It's that easy. And we make it so difficult. We do. Oh, my days. You don't know my day, brother. No, I'd get it. In all things you do, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. That's how you feed your spirit. Let's stand this morning. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that even now, Lord, Father, that you would just continue to help our flame Keep our flame burning, God. Right now, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Come on, I want you to get out of our minds for just a moment, right now. And I want us just to step in. Let you step in. If you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, that's okay. Just begin to, just begin to thank Him. And if you want to pray in the Spirit, right there where you're at, just begin to thank Him and just let your mouth be open and watch it flow. Come on, we could step in right now. We thank you for your presence, God. Father, we step in right now. Father, that you would keep our fire burning, God. Lord, let us be a burning one for you, Jesus. Let the fire burn so bright and so so strong, God, that it would be a consuming fire, God. That everywhere we go, Jesus, we would be blazing for you, God. Let us be a walking revival in this city, in this state, God. Lord, that you would set us ablaze, God. Lord, that you would burn every insecurity right now. 
You would burn every hope deferred right now. Every plan of the enemy, God, would be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, that there would be a fire that would come right now. Let the winds begin to blow in this place. Come on, receive it. Receive the winds. Ho, Kuravasata. Come on, start praying in the Spirit. If you can pray in the Spirit, pray. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Father, we didn't come for a church service, God. We came to get the flames, God. The flames of your presence, God. Stir it in us, God. Keep us lit ablaze, God. Jesus, Jesus, we will breathe you in, we will go, we will move in your love, we will breathe you in, we will the sound of your voice Jesus you know ma'am this ma'am the one the, our guests right here right here I saw the Lord it's like you had been laced up you were laced up and I saw the Lord begin to unravel the laces. And it was almost as if you felt like you were, you were in a place of being constricted. You felt like you were in a place of, like you couldn't, it was almost like it was a, I don't know what the, those things are called, but uh, yeah, a corset, I guess, is, what, is that what it's called? Where you, you can't move. And it's almost like you can't breathe. Where the enemy had tried to put something on you that was heavy. And, 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 and I want you to know that the Lord's he's breaking that of you this morning. But I see him unraveling you, and he's beginning to loosen this thing up. And I feel like even that there's been areas where you couldn't breathe. Like right now, the breath of God. Can you come up here really quick? Um, like the, the breath of the Lord. It's, he's releasing that on you right now. And you're going to be able to breathe. So right now in the name, can you just stand behind her? Right now in the name of Jesus, there's a fresh awakening the Lord's doing with you right now. And I thank you, God, for the power and the presence and the glory. And I speak breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Fresh breakthrough right now. Fire. Oh, oh, Jesus. Jesus.